When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. Boys are back. Baby. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is reception. Reception. The show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Go, Matt Harmon here with you, and you're listening to Reception. Perception. The show. Matt, uh, the time comes nigh. It is uh, running out on your boy here, Matt Harmon, uh, in Southern California. Man, how, how are you doing? Uh, how are you holding up, pal? Yeah, just a week from today, our uh, our moving container will arrive. Uh, so yeah, man, it's it's pretty crazy. It was good to see you on uh, Saturday. We had a really nice oh, turnout yeah. for our, our going away party. Uh, had way too many beers, just uh, you know, as, <laughs> as 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 you want to do, uh, or if you're me, you want to do. Yeah. So now I'm just trying huge. to yeah, it's yep. pretty huge. So uh, just trying to g- get as much work done as possible. Uh, get as much guys charted for the website. Uh, you know, while I'm so that I can take some time to actually physically move across the country and trying to mostly get rid of furniture, buddy. I'll tell you that. Hey, anybody listening who's in the Southern California area, um, you need some furniture. DM DM your boy Matt Harmon on Twitter and uh, I'll give you a good rate if you come pick this thing up and get it out of my face. I'll tell you that. Oh, my God. I absolutely love it. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, we got a great show in front of us here today, man. Um, I want to talk a little bit. Uh, about what uh, Devonte Adams said, but uh, obviously the the big drop data drop uh, on the website, of course, has been surrounding uh, you know first year players going into their second year. Uh, by the way, did we make this announcement official on on the podcast uh, about bringing in brand new? Into 2023, we're talking about doing quarterback charting for the very first time. Did we talk about that in the last episode? I don't know nope. if we did. Nope, we well, dropped the news on. Well, you know, because we're a real professional operation, James. I think you told me uh, <laughs> uh, during those too many beers on on, yes. on Saturday at the, at the going away party. So, by the way, we're going to drop the the Derek Classen news on Monday. I said, all right, sounds good. <laughs> so that was how, that's how that's how we at Reception Perception do a PR uh, campaign right there. That's it. Very coordinated, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but Derek Classen, uh, if you guys don't follow him, QB Class uh, is his handle on Twitter, and he's going to be doing uh, quarterback charting uh, for us. We 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 both really respect his work, man. And I tell you what, I, I know maybe some people are on the fence about getting a subscription to RP, man, receptionperception.com. Uh, but hopefully this will sway you and throw you in over the top because not only are you going to get world-class wide receiver charting, now you're going to get world-class quarterback charting as well. We're, we're trying to turn ourselves into a little bit of a uh, uh, an elite charting house, if you will, I think at RP. So uh, slowly but surely we're building up that base, man. But I cannot wait 
Uh, and I know Matt feels, and I'm, I know Matt, you feel the same way. I, I can't wait to see the, uh, the product that he pumps out. Me too. Like you said, I've been a fan of Derek's work for a long time. I and mean, I think I've known, dude, I think I've known Derek on Twitter since like 2013, 2014, something like that. Like I, we've been, we have both been on football Twitter for That's a long, me. yeah, I know a long time. Um, I've always thought he did great work with quarterbacks and, you know, it was just kind of a random, um, random idea that, you know, I saw a career update post he put on Twitter and I just thought, right. Hey, you know, you know, it'd be pretty cool. Like I, I view him as like a, you know, I mean, I'm, like I'm a specialist at charting wide receiver. That makes me gross. To, it sounds gross to say, but like I'm a wide receiver specialist and it just sounds like <laughs> a stupid thing to say about yourself, but you know what I mean? I mean, obviously I'm working on receivers Correct. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I view him as like a quarterback specialist in the same way, watching film in a way that's like categorized, organized. And really it's not about like, I don't know. It's, it's funny. Kind of like, this is how I feel about reception perception. I don't view myself as like churning out analytics or churning out like data, even though that's what I'm doing. Really. It's just, I'm watching these players and keeping a rubric organized thought uh, along the way. And that's a lot of what Derek is doing as well. Right. With, with the quarterback position. So I think it's a natural fit, obviously great sim synergy between what quarterbacks and wide receivers and the relationship there. So um, I think it's great. I think it's, he's going to bring an incredible extra value to people's subscriptions. You love the wide receiver stuff. I think you're going to love the quarterback stuff as well. And yeah. Like James said, follow him on Twitter. Cause I've, I've already seen him putting out like some, some takeaways from some of these NFL guys he's charting. So a little uh, sneak peek there. Yeah, not bad stuff, uh, certainly. And and I, I really, honestly, am very curious to see the synergy uh, between what you guys uh, are able to kind of collaborate on. But uh, he will be joining the program. We'll cross our fingers. We'll hope he, he'll join the program here uh, in a couple of weeks, um, and you'll be able to hear from him then. But while Matt is on the road, by the way, uh, <laughs> I should mention, uh, the man needs a little bit of a break, does Matt Harmon, but that's okay. Um, hey, listen, uh, we're going to talk about Garrett Wills, Chris Olave, and a little bit of Wandale Robinson in today's show show as well but I want to start the show off as we talked about Devonte Adams Aaron Rodgers not that they have any kind of you know verbal sparring or anything like that but you know uh, Devonte Adams did make a little bit of a splash by saying quote now people can't say that uh Devonte was talking about in regards to that'll never be the narrative ever again in terms of he proved that he is not a byproduct of what Aaron Rodgers did that he is a standalone great player. And, you know, to be honest with you, I don't think anybody thought <laughs> that he was a byproduct of Aaron Rodgers, but certainly sometimes great athletes need that little extra motivation sometimes, Matt, uh, to get him going. And it felt like that's what he did there in 2022. Yeah, I kind of disagree. I definitely thought there were people, you know, not, not that it was like a, a, a groundswell, like a real big push, but there were definitely some people that are like, what is, Devonte Adams going to look like without Aaron Rodgers, and I always thought like in the inverse. Well, what is Aaron Rodgers going to look like without Devonte Adams? You know, because Correct. right, Devonte Adams, and then obviously this is what reception perception does. It isolates the player from their surrounding variables. What is Devonte Adams doing as an individual player? And the run that he went on from 2018 to 2021 in reception perception. I mean, he was just an absolute freaking tear. We're talking about 79.5% success rate versus man, 78% in 2019, 79.5% in 2020, 79.6% in 2021. Um, he was above 82% success rate versus zone all three years, 876 career high in 2021. Uh, 2021 career high, 85.9% success rate versus press, over 80%, 81% success rate in three of those four years. I mean, 
like that is one of the all time, you know, unmatched runs for a receiver. Right. These, those last four years in green Bay. I mean, literally when you isolate him from uh, obviously a great quarterback, Nick, before Patrick Mahomes, I would have told you that like the best thrower of the football that my eyeballs had ever seen was Aaron Rodgers, especially in those early Packers years. Crazy. He's only ever been to, to one Super Bowl. That's an illustration of how hard it is to get to that thing. Um, you know, I mean, obviously he's a great player, but when you isolate Adams and what he was doing from 18 to 21 in a Packers uniform, it was yeah. the best wide receiver play in the entire um, in the entire world. And, and I think it's, again, it's just kind of funny that the narrative is immediately, well, what is Devontae Adams going to do without Aaron Rodgers? And, and to me, it was always like, Oh, I mean, totally, but fair question. But what is Aaron Rodgers going to do without Devontae Adams? And frankly, I think the results were much better on Adams' side than they were on Rodgers. And I don't think that's a dig that I'm saying it or Adams is saying it on Aaron Rodgers. Right. It's just like, let's keep in mind here that when you isolate him away from Rodgers, he's still, one of the I think he's got to be either the first or second name out of your mouth when you're talking about best receivers in, in pro football right now yeah in regards to you know historical data you, you mentioned those um, success rates but uh, just kind of putting those in perspective right Devonte Adams had three of the top eight success rate versus man scores uh, all within that 2018 to 2021 uh, time frame. So it, again, three of the top eight success rates versus man coverage in all the guys that Matt Harmon has, has charted. That's, I mean, you talk about a run, that's just unbelievable. And, and I think that one year that he was, um, you know, outside of that top 10 still clocked in at number 20. Uh, yeah. that was a year that he was <laughs> battling with, uh, he was battling injuries that year. Oh, man. Yeah. It was nuts. Yep. 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 I remember that because I remember coming into that, that 2019, I think season saying, he is going to be the number one receiver in fantasy football that year. And that was like right. a hot take because Michael Thomas, I think, was it, I think the year before had broken the, or, or it was the year that he had broken the catch record or something like that. I, you know, I can't remember, but it was like, it was kind of against the grain to say that. And then he ended up being the best receiver in, 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 I think fantasy the year after that, like right. because he was dealing with those injuries. Yeah. But, um, yeah, his, his last season in green Bay, Devonte Adams, 2021, 98th percentile success rate versus man, 96th percentile success rate versus zone, and 99th percentile success rate versus press. I mean, just <laughs> absolutely, you know, on every route, as green yeah. as a damn Christmas tree, every route over the average success rate. So, yeah, I mean, he, he I, I love that he said this because I think it's true, you know, that his one year in Las Vegas is is indeed proof that like, you know what? I'm not a product of Aaron Rodgers. He had, honestly, you could argue that he had one of his best seasons last year. He had a career high in yards per catch. I think that's really um, kind of encouraging for, uh, we'll talk about Derek Carr's new number one receiver later on. I'll, I'll reference that number again, but like career high yards per catch. He was like uh, just an immediate, like down the field playmaker, which, and you know, again, um, this is not like this was a huge opinion, but there was at least some concern. It's like, well, you know, the Packers really used Devontae Adams in the slot at like 30%. Like he's not going to be that guy with Hunter Renfro there. It turns out like Hunter Renfro isn't even that guy. Like nobody was the <laughs> slot receiver because they were running just like two receiver sets. But like exactly. there was that, like they're, they're not going to get him those kind of layup looks. It's like, well, if you watch Devontae Adams in isolation, there's zero concern that he could beat like press man covers an X receiver. And that's exactly what he did from a vertical X receiver perspective. Like not only what did he have one of his best seasons last year, he probably played like the hardest role that he's ever played in his career as that like pure vertical X in the Las Vegas Raiders offense. But you know, the thing that I found interesting about this too, James was, um, you know, him kind of like alluding to, you know, 
like this isn't what he expected with with coming to the Raiders. You know, he, hmm. he came here because of Derek Carr, like kind of questioning the the future uh, of right of what this is going to look like. I am I am really interested to see what this Raiders offense looks like this year. And I, I if I was Devonte Adams, I'd also be kind of like having one eyebrow raised at the whole thing. All right, let me let me give you a couple numbers here, and then I'll throw out a part of his quote that I found to be really, really interesting, and that kind of dovetails to with what you were saying. But Devontae Adams, a career-high 180 targets last year. Now, he did crack 100 receptions, okay, and that's great. 1,500 yards, 14 total touchdowns. Uh, the guy was an absolute savage, an absolute beast, no doubt about it. But I will point out the fact that his 55% catch rate was a career low. Now he's going into his age 31 season. And I want to go back to the quote um, that he was telling reporters, right? Uh, again, you say, oh, well, hey, uh, that'll never be the narrative ever, uh, uh, ever again. It proved that I am me. A quarterback doesn't make me. I make me. All right, fine. Then he goes on to say, even if I went and played like dog shit next year, they can't say it because now I've already proved it throughout the course of a season. I found that part, Matt, to be really interesting, almost as if to say I, he's able to read the room a little bit here. Uh, and I don't think he's got, you know, he probably doesn't have the rosiest outlook for this Raiders offense in 2023. Yeah, I mean, it kind of comes back to your original thoughts on like the the decision to move on from Derek Carr, which, by the way, I think is a defensible decision because I think there probably was a cap on where they could go with Derek Carr. Um, but the result of that was Jimmy Garoppolo, who is cheaper, who oh, yeah. has, you know, I mean, yeah, you, the noise you made just just kind of said it right. Like, I mean, it's just <laughs> it's eh, okay. It's like, it's fine. It's cheaper. Um, at his absolute best is Jimmy Garoppolo, like maybe just as good as, as Derek Carr, I I think, but also he's, he's got injury problems. I mean, there's a chance, there's a chance Devonte Adams, like why he's saying this is because he's like, man, there's probably like a, I don't know, 60% chance. I'm catching passes from Brian Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell, a day three rookie, you know? Yeah. Not great. So yeah, I, I, I would have concerns if I was Devontae Adams too. And I, I get why he's um kind of saying that because it's like, and, and these are the, these are the, the, this was part of the whole article too, was like, these are the twilight years of his like prime basically. Right. Like, you know, and I don't know. I mean, look, look, he wanted to go to Las Vegas. Like I don't, I'm not sitting here saying like, Oh man, how sympathetic we need to be for D- Devontae Adams. Like, he obviously decided he was done with the Packers. It was time for that to end. And he was going to go to, to Vegas to play with Derek Carr. And also because he grew up, you know, his fa- fr- family's Raiders fans. There's other reasons beyond the car part of it. But unfortunately, this is the situation he finds himself in now. I'm just curious to see what they end up doing there uh, on the offensive side of the football. And what what will they really do with Devontae Adams? I mean, again, if it's a rebuild and certainly looks like it's a rebuild. Do you hold on to this very pricey piece, especially for a franchise that is notoriously uh, cash strapped at every year? Right. So I, I'm, I'll be interested 
to see what happens there. Uh, age 31 season incoming here for Devontae Adams. Um, I, I don't know. What are your overall thoughts on Devontae going into next season, man? Uh, I don't have a lot of hope for him. Uh, just kind of looking at the, the offensive output there. And man, I just, again, I, I said it last year. I mean, everyone's like, oh, Josh McDaniels this, Josh McDaniels that. He's going <laughs> to figure, I'm like, guys, we've already seen him do this. He's already failed, right? We've already seen, not only has he not just failed, but we've seen this story repeat itself a million times over. How many times has Bill Belichick assistants absolutely just fallen on their face, right? So, This whole idea of Josh McDaniels as this offensive guru, I don't know where it came from. Like, I don't, I just don't understand where it came from. To me, he had, uh, he had to prove it. He absolutely, absolutely did not prove it with the Raiders last year. So we're still, but but it's funny. You, you look online, he, he's still getting like the benefit of the doubt of, well, it's Josh McDaniels. I'm like, Yeah. yeah. When you say it's Josh McDaniels, I take that as a negative. But most people take that as hope, you know, is on the horizon. I guess I just don't see it. But what do we see for Devontae in 2023? You know, I think, too, I do think uh, Josh McDaniels was a really good offensive coordinator with the New England Patriots. Even, uh, you know, look, his final year there with Mac Jones, like, I think they had Mac Jones on a pretty good path. And then, you know, it got completely derailed because of the situation that they decided to replace Josh, Josh McDaniels with, which is gone over ad nauseum. But this is why this, this head coaching job is so hard because not only now are you the offensive coordinator and you're taking on a bunch of that, but you're also um, going to have to, a lot of other duties. So it's like, you can be a really good offensive coordinator, but you're no longer the offensive coordinator anymore. So it's like, does that really translate? You know what I mean? Um, I did think that it was interesting that they hired my guy, Scott Turner, uh, to be the passing game, True. passing uh, game coordinator. There. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I think that's pretty interesting. Uh, but regardless, like th- the thing with Devonte Adams, that he is so good again in isolation that he will, I think succeed with Jimmy Garoppolo because I think he is a quarterback proof wide receiver is Devonte yeah. Adams. You know, again, a guy yeah. who is, and some of the like those routes that I mentioned that him and Derek Carr are really sinking on those intermediate and deep routes. Obviously, that's not going to be Jimmy Garoppolo's game, but it's like, OK, go back to those Packer seasons. Like I mentioned, that 2021 season when they were getting him a lot of quick hitting looks over the middle of the field. Those are those are the Jimmy Garoppolo routes, like 25.1 yeah. percent of his routes were slants, 85.9 percent success rate that final year in Green Bay for Devontae Adams. Dig routes, 82.1 percent like the, J- Jimmy Garoppolo loves to throw himself some dig routes, some crossing oh, yeah. routes, you know, a hundred percent success on the flat route, running at 9% of his charted routes, Devonte Adams that you're like, these are the Garoppolo routes. It's not going to be deep and outside the numbers. We know that, but so again, I think Devonte Adams will produce well. He will just produce differently. The question is, is just, again, how long is Garoppolo going to be out there? I actually th- think it's fine that Garoppolo can be, uh, you know, uh, a mid-level starter, you know, he's 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 got familiarity with the system. And I actually kind of think like maybe Kyle Shanahan elevates every quarterback, but I think Garoppolo played well in this offense back in the day in, in New England. So I think that's yeah. kind of like a negligible thing. But regardless, I think that Adams will fit Garoppolo. It's just how long is Garoppolo going to be on the field? Like, are we, are we going to get a <laughs> Brian Hoyer game? Because Brian Hoyer is like should be a coach yeah. at this point. And he's 100 you know, percent. Oh, my God. Yes. He's the backup quarterback. And again, the Crazy. other quarterback in the roster is Aiden O'Connell, who is a day three rookie draft pick. So are we going to get Devonta Adams catching passes from those guys? That's pretty sad. But I think as long as Garoppolo's out there, 
dig routes, flat routes, crossing routes over the middle, some of the routes to the flat. Those will be fine for 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 Devontae Adams. I think he'll produce well. It just is like, what's the ceiling on this offense overall? Like, how many touchdowns is Devontae Adams going to score this year? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. But let me just point out some coaching malpractice here uh, in regards to the Raiders last year. Uh, our, our boy, Matt Collins, was the second most targeted person on that team with 94 targets last year. This dude played like something like 90%, 95% of the snaps. That is coaching malpractice, dude. I'm sorry. You know, it's like, what are we doing out what here? Josh McDaniels. Matt Collins is your second most utilized player on that team. That's just absolutely banana pants. Uh, and then on top of that, Darren Waller, of course, leaves um, the team as well. So I don't know, man. I, I, I think the offense could be a little bit of a disaster, uh, but we shall see. Hey, everyone. This is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball has been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Perception, perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. All right, uh, let's talk about some of these guys uh, going into year number two. And obviously, these two guys, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Matt, uh, they generated a lot of buzz. And I, I just feel like we just keep getting spoiled by these boys, man. Like these young guys, they just come in and just absolutely just drop it all over the field, man. Um, and Garrett Wilson, I thought Chris Olave played really, really great football. But let's start with Chris Olave. 147 targets, 83 receptions, 1,100 yards, four touchdowns, a 56% catch rate. Uh, but actually, to be honest with you, 1,100 yards playing with literally the worst quarterback situation in the NFL, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, there's a... There's a small segment, maybe not, maybe a larger segment of people that I'm giving you credit for um, that was, when they get Derek Carr to the New Orleans Saints, be like, what are they getting Derek Carr for? Like Andy Dalton was good in this passing metric, this passing metric, this passing metric last year. It's like, okay, maybe he was good on in, maybe he was good in those metrics last year because he was throwing to a guy who is oh, always wide open in Chris Olave like I wonder why though he looks good in those metrics because Chris Olave right. is always open the dude was the best route runner among the guys sampled for his draft class number one at success rate versus man and press coverage coming into the league in the 2022 NFL draft he was a pro ready route runner and I mean man dude he was that guy as a rookie and I think the most impressive thing about Chris Olave's you know success rates right 83rd yeah. percentile, 75.8% success rate versus man coverage, 77.5% success rate versus press, and 81% over uh, success rate against zone coverage. Dude, it was just open at all levels. 
Um, he, he went over the success rate on all but one route. I mean, oh my God, that's incredible stuff. And then you look at his route percentage chart, James, 7.5% slant routes, 3% screens, 5.2% flats. Like this is a dude who's running like all big boy vertical, deep and intermediate routes. And he's still getting open at that rate. That's crazy impressive. Yeah, I mean, you talk about 20% of his routes on the nine that you charted, uh, another 11% on the post. So now we're talking, you know, over 30% of his routes are on the nine and post. Then you add another 13% on the dig, right? Another 20% on the curl route. I mean, even the curl route, I've talked about this many times, but a curl route, very dangerous throw, very dangerous throw uh, in the NFL. Uh, you have to be very good at that route. Otherwise that ball's getting picked off big time. Yep. Uh, 20% of his routes on the curl and an 83% success rate on that curl route that my friends, that's man, that is so impressive. Um, and I felt like he didn't get the credit that he deserved, um, in terms of offensive rookie of the year, or even just like the highlights and everything. Well, maybe it's because he didn't have the highlights. He didn't have that. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Catch. Uh, the oh my God catches that George Pickens had, right? He didn't have like the oh my God moments that Garrett Wilson had. But man, you talk about a professional wide receiver that can just do it all. That was Chris Olave. Yeah, uh, the, the um, you mentioned George Pickens. People are uh, people are people are mad at me about George Pickens. Oh, for uh, sure. Yeah, and you they, knew that was going to happen. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I knew. I figured people were going to be upset about that. You know, yeah. they're they're. You know, I mentioned George Pickens' uh, 68% success rate versus zone coverage, and people, you know, tell me that I should look up the routes that he he was running last year. Uh, yeah, I, someone should put a website out about about routes. That'd be a good idea. But uh, you know, that and like George Pickens' route tree is so vertical, right? Like, and then yes. it's, you look at Chris Olave, and I get Chris Olave 19.6 or 19.7% nine routes, like it's like 32, 33% for George Pickens. But again, vertical, vertical routes, and Chris Olave still gets open. And I get they're different type of receivers, but you know, that's kind of the point is that like the guys like Chris Olave are never people never get as excited as they should about these like just professional receivers who just get open at all three levels and don't, yeah, don't make crazy contested catches. Now I, I think that, I think that Olave checks in at 70% contested catch rate last year. Like, and he was good in college at winning 50, 50 balls. Um, but you know, like that's not a, absurd number that's not like an absurd trump card trade of his you know he was brought down on first contact on 82.4 percent of his in space attempts you know as a rookie he's not a yak guy either but i don't who cares if he's not picking up extra yardage <laughs> when he's consistently catching the ball 13 14 uh -huh. yards down the field like give me right. the guy that's going to get open on dig routes and out routes and intermediate routes consistently over a guy who's going to have to run Mickey Mouse routes and break two tackles just to get 14 yards, you know? Like, these guys, it reminds me a lot of, like, Tyler Lockett, right? Tyler Lockett's one of the most consistently disrespected wide receivers in the NFL, but right. he consistently is one of the best receivers in the NFL because he just gets open, and he gets open down the field. Lockett does actually make spectacular catches. I think Chris Olave right. would be capable Absolutely. of it, too. Um, but I actually do think that, yeah, he fits into the the guys that I think are always underrated, especially when they're not paired with great quarterback play. I mean, it reminds you a lot of Stefan Diggs. It reminds you a lot of Tyra Lockett, Terry McLaurin. Like that's the axis of wide receivers I see for Chris Olave. And I it, like, I still think he's a little underrated.
right now um, just because his rookie season was so fantastic. And I think he's ready to be a legit big boy number one receiver. And, and we just talked about Derek Carr with Devontae Adams in the last segment. Right. 82.9% success rate on digs, 78.1% success rate on outs for Chris Olave. Like that's the, the those are the routes that Devontae Adams and, and Derek Carr were, were making magic last year. I think that'll be the same relationship he has here with Chris Olave. Yeah, can you talk about that a little bit? What uh, what, what kind of um, relationship do you think he's going to have with his new quarterback there? How do their skill sets kind of sort of uh, match up? Yeah, I think he he matches up well from that intermediate and deep perspective. Like we've seen with Derek Carr the last few years that he's gotten more and more willing when the pass protection is good to like yeah, sit there hold and, and rip it down the field. Now, definitely when there's pressure on him, that's been the case with Derek Carr since Fresno State. We talked about hiring Derek Klassen at the top of the show. I can remember talking, like as I said, I've known Derek forever. You know, he came into, uh, Derek Carr came into league. I know Derek, Derek Klassen, Derek Carr. But like Carr came into league, like when <laughs> Derek and I were first dra- breaking down draft classes. And I remember thinking like, yeah, this guy, like anytime there's pressure, it's it's a problem. And that's, he's managed to have a really good career regardless of that. But it's a pro- that's a problem for sure. But when the protection is good, and I think there's, you know, a decent offensive line here in front of him. There's some problem spots. It's not as good as it was at the end of the Breeze Peyton era there in New Orleans. I think it's a good enough unit that, you know, Chris Olave can get open down the field and Derek Carr can stand in there and deliver it. Um, I think I think it's a really good move. Again, we talked about the Andy Dalton thing. Yes, Andy Dalton was good in some of these efficiency metrics last year. Derek Carr could could not only repeat that, but he could actually be better in terms of like long term stability. Because what was Andy Dalton the last the time we saw him play before that with the Bears not so good so I think like Derek Carr is probably good news for Chris Olave you know I was looking up some trying to find some player comparisons here for Chris Olave and and one guy that kind of sort of stuck out to me was AJ Green Um, had very similar numbers to a 2016 version of AJ Green in terms of success rate versus man coverage success rate versus zone coverage and then you look at his success rates on some of those deeper routes too uh, AJ Green and Chris Olave, as a rookie, by the way, um, had very, very similar numbers. Um, is that a player comp in terms of like, let's talk about, you know, I, I don't even want to say ceilings or whatever it is, but um, is that something that, you know, maybe fans can kind of sort of latch on to a Chris Olave, AJ Green type of receiver? Well, I think that the immediate pushback you're going to get to that is like the size and speed or, or the, the size, right? Because AJ Green yeah. was just like, massive X receiver, you know, Chris Olave is kind of a skinnier guy, right? He's like for sure sub 190 pounds. He's, he's a smaller guy in that respect, but I totally, I totally get what you're saying. And I totally get um, like why this is impressive because like this is, this is going to show like the role that Chris Olave played as a rookie. Like he was a big boy, number one receiver. Um, you look at his alignment data in the game sampled for reception perception, you know, 67.1% outside. He was more like an off the ball flanker receiver. And again, that's sort of digs ish, that's sort of <clears throat> Tyler Lockett ish, which is why I kind of made those comps. But yeah, just like he was running that those vertical route trees, just like AJ green. I, I like that comparison from that standpoint. Um, and just another, like, I mentioned the 75.8% uh, success rate versus man. It's right. The same with AJ green. Like, yo, if you get over 75%, you're, pr- you're more than likely going to be very, very good at football <laughs> guys who have right. gone over 75%, like right. Jamar chase, Chris Godwin, Des Bryant, Tyler Lockett, Tyreek Hill, you know, Brandon Ayuk. That's why we've been so bullish on him. By the way, Brandon Ayuk uh, just finished his sample the other day. 
it's it's exciting for for twenty. Okay, Very he's exciting. coming in hot. Let's go. A, AJ Green, you mentioned DK Metcalf, Antonio Brown, like Calvin Ridley, Terry McLaurin. I mean, like the, all the studs have gone over seventy five percent. Now the, the guys who have like there's been like Sterling Shepard couldn't stay healthy. Curtis Samuel, you know, he, he was not a, he never really kind of hit that those strides. Elijah Moore, we're still waiting on, but yeah, for the most part, like you get over seventy five percent, you're good. You're you're gonna be one and of the best receivers in the NFL. And again, I do want to add some context to that too, right? Uh, and you talk about this all the time. What kind of routes are they running, right? And for a guy to be over 75%, and as we just highlighted, the dude's running a lot of big boy routes downfield. Dude, that's impressive. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not just these little, you know, bunny hop routes. It's not like these little quick hitters, right? Like, no. They're asking Olave to get open downfield and he's doing it and he's beating man coverage 75 more than 75% of the time, despite the fact that he is running all of these deeper routes. I, again, I just go back, you add in that layer of context too, and I think that makes his numbers even more impressive. I could not agree more. Like I said at the top, you want to get me 14 yards? Uh, I don't care. Actually, I think it's more impressive if you get open at a 14-yard uh, dig route. That is more impressive, just as good, just as good at the final end of you know end of the stat. It's 14 yards. Great, you got. It's the same way. I think it's more impressive if you do it all through the air as opposed to like I just throw you some stupid little drag route, you know, Mickey Mouse gadget thing, and you broke two <laughs> tackles to get 14 yards. That I gets gotcha. more little clicks and you know, retweets and whatever, and uh, all the eyeballs. But like at the end of the day, it's the same, it's the same thing. You got 14 yards. And again, I think it's more impressive to line up outside, run a vertical route, beat man coverage. And it is uh, to be basically Kadarius Tony. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. We call uh, Tony out here. Just get, yeah, exactly. Catch the strays. It's okay. Uh, by the way, Chris Olave, 119 targets last year, 72 receptions, uh, 1,042 yards and four touchdowns. Very similar numbers, uh, raw numbers uh, to Garrett Wilson, but Garrett Wilson, it, it took him about 20 more targets. So a little bit more efficiency with Chris Olave. And I just feel like efficiency. I just feel like that's the word that perfectly describes what Chris Olave does. Reception, reception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. All right, but let's circle back around now to Garrett Wilson, who I think people are just, you know, they're head over heels, man. They're 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 going through the roof, they're going to the moon. Uh, all those rocket ship emojis for for Garrett Wilson now that he goes from the worst quarterback situation in the NFL to Aaron Rodgers. Now Aaron Rodgers is a little bit older, Matt, but still very clearly the best quarterback the Jets have seen in quite some time. Yeah, just by just a little bit, by just a little <laughs> bit. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, look, right. Aaron Rodgers, he he wasn't as great last year, like I mentioned. You know, he was he was right. whatever, whatever. Um, I I think that I think that Garrett Wilson will. This is another really good fit to me. Um, and you know, I just mentioned the seventy five percent success rate mark for um for Chris Olave. Garrett Wilson checks in seventy four point five percent, so not quite as high, but still very high. Um, the really impressive mark for Garrett Wilson is 81.2% success rate versus press in his rookie season, 94th percentile. Um, James, the following receivers in their rookie season since 2014 have hit or cleared 
80% success rate versus press coverage. C.D. Lamb, Michael Thomas, Tyree Kill, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and Odell Beckham. Now you can welcome Let's Garrett go. Wilson to that list. That's a pretty, hey, pretty damn good <laughs> list. Like if you're on that list, wow. yeah, you're probably going to be like not even just a good receiver, like a super duper star. You know, I mean, yeah, who's the worst player on that list? Like C.D. Lamb. Maybe. Yeah. You know, like that, that's like the worst player on that list is CeeDee Lamb. And CeeDee Lamb is amazing, you know? Right, so right. I think Garrett Wilson is is that dude right now. Like that's a great indicator. A success rate versus press, if you're going to be an outside receiver, which I think Garrett Wilson will be. He told me actually a couple months ago, he's like, my favorite position is to play in the slot because you get these free releases. You get, everybody loves to play in the slot. All the receivers love to play in the slot. You ask them what's their favorite position, they want to play more in the slot. Well, when you hit 80% success rate versus press, you, you, you're a big boy. You went outside like an alpha. So you're going to have to go and do that sometimes Garrett. And I think he'll do it really well. I'm very high on Garrett Wilson too. Um, I mean, look, this, this second year class is crazy at the top. Um, I have some questions and stuff like with the guys in the next tier and everything, but I mean, Garrett Wilson is, is a stud too. And the the way I think he'll be really good for Aaron Rodgers. you know, I mentioned, we talked about Devontae Adams at the top of the show where that was 2021, 2020 Packers were getting like just layup routes and layup routes to Devonte Adams and from Aaron Rodgers. you know, Garrett Wilson, 83.7% success rate versus uh, with on the slant, 78.8% success rate on digs. Like those in breaking routes, that's going to be awesome with Aaron Rodgers Cause as much as I just said, um, you know, some of the yak guys can be uh, overrated. Like Garrett Wilson's also an, a crazy, like twitched up yak guy as well. He was yeah. in space on 11.3% of his sample routes and he went down on first contact on less, less than half of those chances. Like he's a great route runner, a little bit of an unconventional route runner, but a great separator. And he's also incredible after the catch. Like that's, that's some pretty good stuff. When you say he's non-conventional, what does that mean? I, I just mean, he's not necessarily, he's not always necessarily the most disciplined route runner. I think he got better with that as the year, as his rookie year went on, but that was a comp, uh, a, a pretty consistent criticism of him at Ohio state is that he used these like extra moves or he wasted motion. It's like, okay, you can get away with that in college, but are you going to get away with it um, in the NFL? And I think when you saw him Early on in his rookie season, like if you actually go back and look on the website on the in-season rookie report, you see mm-hmm. that he lined up a lot more like in the slot or off the line of scrimmage so that they could get him away from those, um, those like get him away from isolated press man situations where he might, he can be a little bit more loose and not as tight with his route running because he's going to face more zone coverage. He's going to face lesser defenders. But the more you saw of Garrett Wilson, the more you saw of him tighten those things up especially against man coverage, that's when you saw him move more to the outside late in his rookie season. So um, I I would definitely say that the way I'd categorize it is like a little chaotic and a little, um, some like lack of discipline there, but not in a bad way. Like some guys it's bad with Garrett Wilson. He can get away with a lot of this because he is very, very freaky, right? It's kind of, uh, you remember like with Jerry Judy coming out, that was a I was guy just was about like, to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was that was a, that say. was a guy. Well, he had the Jerry Judah release package. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, that was a guy that like it was chaotic. Even if it seemed crisp, it's like you're you're wasting a lot of motion getting in. It like, takes a long quarter- time for him to get open. Yeah, and it looks again. It, it, it's a little bit of Amari Cooper's like this too. Sometimes the Cooper's just a bit of a 
you know, we've, we've talked about Cooper a lot on the show, right? But like these guys that waste a lot of motion, but it looks really, really pretty. And then it, again, it gets into the, the, the highlights on Twitter and they, they, they become like the best route runner, you know, like people still think Jerry Judy is like one of the best route runners in the NFL. It's like, yeah, he's the best route runner in the NFL after his quarterback's been sacked for two seconds. Okay. <laughs> But like Garrett Wilson wow. does, he did a little bit of that to start to, <laughs> to start his to start his rookie season. It right. tightened up as year went on, but also like he could get away with it because he is incredible. Like he's the athlete that these guys like Judy think that they are. He's actually that athletic. Uh, we're talking about a guy here um, in Garrett Wilson who played about sixty percent of his snaps lined up outside, just about just shade under forty uh, percent lined up inside. Matt, what do, what do you think that's going to kind of look like? here with Nathaniel Hackett now as their new offensive coordinator with Aaron Rodgers there. And as you mentioned, I really thought that Gary Wilson found a place for himself, uh, lined up more as an X receiver as the year went on. So I'm anticipating them using, you know, Garrett Wilson more in the X, but what are you thinking? Yeah, I think so too. Uh, again, it's funny, the, the Super Bowl conversation that I had with him, I was like, I think I, he was talking about like where he liked about lining up in the slot and, you know, facing in zone coverage. And it's like, I was like, you just, you want to just run a, I like, I can tell when I watch you play, you just want to run the big post and split two safeties against, you know, zone coverage and as a slot receiver. And he's like, yeah, that's all like, literally that's all I want to do. <laughs> so uh, then, and I think he'll look, he'll get those looks too. Cause I actually think like, um, you know, Corey Davis is still on the roster and it sounds like Corey Davis is going to stay on the roster, which by the way is, I think it's actually kind of a good thing. Um, it is. just, totally. just because, because then you are able to use Garrett Wilson outside, but as a flanker, and then you can move him into the slot for some of these situations. Um, you know, and, and Corey Davis is a great blocker at that X receiver position. You know, you could also use Corey Davis as a flanker, Garrett Wilson as the X and some of these more high leverage situations when you need a guy to win against press coverage. And obviously we talked about 81.2% success rate versus press for Garrett Wilson. He can do that. Um, and then maybe this makes Alan Lazard like a big slot receiver, you know, maybe they could put, that's where he needs to be. Right. I think, I think so too. And he took a lot yeah. of slot receivers. I think they want their receivers to play everywhere, but you know, I think, uh, Garrett Wilson is the flanker that you could move into the slot. Alan Lazard is sort of the big power slot. And then Corey Davis is just your like, you know, low volume X receiver. I kind of think that's probably the best, uh, three receiver set for this team. Cause like you don't want Michael Hardman out there running no disrespect to Michael Hardman but you don't want him out there playing like you know 80% of your snaps as your slot receiver he's just too too limited for that yeah but you know what's you know what is going to end up happening it's going to be Garrett Wilson Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb <laughs> it's like you yeah. can hard, the, the 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 writing's on the wall man like I can see it now it's it's not that hard to see you know it's going to be week seven I know, I, know. I was actually be I was Garrett Wilson here. Lazard and Randall Cobb I was sitting here thinking, I'm like, there's somebody on the roster that I'm forgetting, and it's Rand, it's Randall Cobb. Yeah, it's Randall Cobb. Yeah. Um, Despite I mean, the fact that they have Corey Davis, they've got you know Mecole Hardman. I like, I don't know. I'm just not that convinced that Nathaniel Hackett is find a, is going to find a creative way to get a guy with four two six speed, um, creative touches. I just don't. I just don't see it. You know, like maybe if it's Lafleur, maybe you know, but Nathaniel Hackett. Is going to try to scheme up some some creative touches for Mecole Hardman? Uh, nah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that one. By the way, can I throw another name out there? How about Denzel Mims? How is this man still on the roster? 
How is this man still on the road? They refuse to play the guy and they refuse to even talk about trading him. I don't understand how Mims is still on the roster. They spent the second round pick on this dude. What the hell, man? Uh, it's it's so weird. Um, I remember talking to somebody uh, about about this like a few years ago and, you know, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> like the you know the, they're they're talking about Denzel Mims and uh, I was I was asking about Brandon Ayuk and like why he wasn't playing. What's your best guess like about why he's not playing with the 49ers? Like what's the deal? And they're um you know and I they were like you know sometimes these coaches especially from this tree just get so like hyper focused on the details and and all this stuff about you know they don't trust him to run all the routes or they don't trust him to to, to block and this stuff it's like dude you can't score points like the jets offense <laughs> when they had like they were just putting Denzel Mims in this box it's like you can't score you can't score yeah. any points and you won't nope. play Denzel Mims now look they've got a lot of dudes on the roster the last couple of years that have probably just been better than Denzel Mims but it is bizarre that like every year it seems like there's a there's kind of like when, when is Denzel Mims going to get traded and the Jets are like no we're not going to trade him but also we're but not also play him. we're not going to play him it's the it's it, again I talk about criminal misuse of 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 you know assets this is criminal man like he's a second round pick either play him or trade him like you you can't do this with your second round pick it's what a waste what an absolute waste this is for for a guy in Denzel Mims, who, by the way, again, he goes in the second round for a reason. It was pretty well received. You know what I'm saying? Like this guy had pretty good pedigree coming out of college. So uh, I'm I don't know, man. I don't know what the hell they're doing with Mims. But um, dude, by the way, I just looked up their roster. They just added another Green Bay guy in Malik Taylor. That's that is so funny. You know that's he's his name's gonna pop up at some point during the season, and we're gonna be watching TV and be like, "What the hell is that, Malik Taylor from Green Bay? He's on the Jets now." That's absolutely a hundred percent gonna happen. Uh, and for some reason, we're, we're it's like people are gonna be caught by surprise by it. We, we thought it was gonna be Randall Cobb. No, 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 no. It's Malik Taylor from Green Bay coming in with some kind of random splash play. It's gonna be great. They're in a funny intersection of like, obviously they brought in a bunch of Green Bay dudes because Rodgers is there, and 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 yeah. but also like they also brought in a bunch of Green Bay dudes, including Aaron Rodgers because the old offensive coordinator is there. So it's like, I, I'm sure Rodgers, like you, teams always do this when they hire an offensive coordinator, they're bringing all their old guys, um, yep. and, and and or head coach, they do the same thing, right? Uh, you know, the Saints traded for Adam Tra or the Broncos traded from Adam or Adam Troutman from the Saints, despite having a bunch of intriguing tight ends. It's like, well, Sean Payne just has to get Adam Troutman in the building. You know, Nathaniel Hackett is like he's getting a bunch of his guys, but is it Rogers yeah. getting his guys? They're kind of at a funny intersection of the two things. Yeah, I, I, I got to look up the, uh, the the Broncos roster because he brought in a bunch of dudes, actually, um, that played in that that Saints, you know, system. But then it was weird too, right? Because then he brought in all these dudes that he never played, right? Yeah, like Tony right, Jones, right. like Tony Jones juniors from the Saints system, right? He never played Tony Jones. What are you talking about? Like, why are you bringing in Tony Jones? Adam Troutman? Like this guy never saw looks. What are you talking about? Adam Troutman for like, why, why is he, 
Why is he in the system? I don't get it. All right. So again, go to receptionperception.com. Hey, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, hit us with a like, subscribe, uh, all those kind of things, rate and review the podcast as well. Um, but man, we we appreciate everyone kind of joining us in uh, during the off season. But, um, but man, we want to, again, encourage you guys to go to the website, receptionperception.com because, oh my goodness, when, when, when Derek Klassen starts dropping these, 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 these nuggets, these uh, informational bombs, man, you don't want to miss it. And, and you it's pair over. that with, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> let's go. But you pair that with what Matt is doing too, man. And, um, and there's some really, really exciting things uh, happening in the world of reception perception. All right. So I tell you what, uh, Matt's got to get ready. He's got to get packing. All right. So, so we oh got to go. <laughs> Our time runs short, man. For Matt Harmon, I'm James Cohn. We'll see you.